0: Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We've been continuing this theme of dedication. Since we dedicated the building When we had our outside dedication, we all prayed over the building, much like what we see here in First Kings chapter 8, says that Solomon, he lifted his hands towards the temple. And that's what we did. And it was, it was amazing. It was an incredible moment. But we're, we're continuing with that theme right now of dedication. It's not about dedicating buildings, it's about dedicating our lives. So in 1 Kings chapter 8, it's this temple dedication moment, and like this is like an all-time moment. Like there are moments, but for, for the people of God, this was like a moment. This was like a big, big deal. The whole lead up all the way to the, the execution of making it all happen. And this was, this was the moment. But it was always about God. It was always about His house and it was always about His people. And so we read it from verse 12. And we'll have it on the screens for your viewing enjoyment. But it says, Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that He would dwell in thick darkness. I have indeed built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Verse 14, Then the king turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel, well, all the assembly of Israel stood and he said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hand has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to David, my father. Since the day that I brought my people out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in The heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord. This is Solomon speaking, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to David, my father, whereas it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the house, but your son, who shall be born to you, shall build the house for my name. Now the Lord has fulfilled his promise that he made. For I have risen in the place of my father, And sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. And I've built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And there I've provided a place for the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord that he made with our fathers, that he brought them out of the land of Egypt. See, dedication is something powerful to dedicate something. That's what's happening right here. And I love that we did a dedication when it came to our building. But God really spoke to me at the time and said, It's not really about the building, it's really about your life. It's not really about the walls. It's not really about the structure. It's actually about your heart. It's about your life. I spoke about dedicated walls, but dedicated lives. Dedicated walls and dedicated lives. And a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about dedicated worship, that we would be the type of church that would be dedicated to worshipping God. And we see something else happen here as Solomon dedicates the temple that really stands out to me. And it's got to do with the times and the references that, he, that, that happens when it comes to the generations, that, that, that the, the references to the previous generation, the, the references to the promises of God of the previous generation and the current generation, seeing them in fulfillment. So I want to preach a message tonight. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. Dedicated to the generations. Dedicated to the generations. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word, Lord, as always. God, Father, we just thank you. Father, for all that you're doing in our midst, Lord. You're the same God that we read about in these pages. We know you're here tonight. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for that truth and how you're close to your people, Lord. And Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that's with us right now. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're going to move with your people. You're going to speak to your people. We thank you for everything you're doing. And Father, we thank you for Colonial Kids and everything that's happening there as well. In Jesus' name, and we all say together, Amen. God loves the generations. He's a generational God. Not sure if you've ever been told that before, but God is a generational God. He loves the generations. I know that because we could go all the way back to Genesis and God is described as the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He's all about the generations. He loves the generations. In fact, in the Gospels in Matthew chapter one, I think it's also in Luke as well. Matthew chapter 1, which is the most Jewish of all the Gospels, is this genealogy of Jesus. And it's pretty amazing. But the genealogy starts with Abraham, goes to David. I'm not going to try to read it because I won't get the pronunciation of all the family names and it's just too hard really. But from, from Abraham to David and then from David to Jesus, all the generations, all the generations and the way that God has worked through the generations. But God loves the generation. He uses the generations to speak His Word, to outwork His calling and His purpose, and ultimately to outwork His plan for you and His plan for me. God loves the generations. But I love in this passage of Scripture we just read in 1 Kings chapter 8, how many references there are to the generations. Almost every single verse, verse 15, talks about what God promised with His mouth to David, my father. Solomon uh, talks about, The previous generation. And then in verse 16, the very next verse, this is God speaking, but I chose David, speaking of a different generation. Verse 17, this is Solomon again, now it was in my heart of David, my father. Again, referencing another generation. And it goes on and you can read it in 19 and 20 as well. But God loves and he uses the generations, which means ultimately we can draw the conclusion that God is dedicated to the generations and so should we. We should be dedicated to the generations as well. But this is all through scripture. Let me show you a few verses. Daniel chapter 4, verse 3 says, How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. First Chronicles chapter 16 says, Remember his covenant forever. This is verse 15. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. Proverbs 13 and verse 22 says a good man. Everybody say a good man. You could say a righteous man, a godly man, a person that loves the Lord. Leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. I love the way the message translation puts that verse. It says a good life gets passed on to the grandchildren. Gets passed on to the grandchildren, the next generation the ones that are coming behind, the ones that are ahead. But this is all through Scripture. God declares, be mindful and never underestimate the way I have an impact on the generations. And we as a church, I pray that this would be a DNA type message for us because we are dedicated to the generations in our church. But there's so many more I could read. Psalm 145 is a good one. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall command your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I love that verse because it says that one generation will tell it to another, but it says, and shall declare your mighty acts. It gives this sense of each generation getting the opportunity to understand how great God is. Getting the opportunity. Each generation, it's not like they need to live vicariously through the previous generation, but every single generation gets the opportunity to hear from God, to be touched by God, to see God do incredible things. And that's the power of the generations. So tonight I want to speak about that very thing, about the generations. And some of this is really, I guess, like an open house for our church. An open house, an open, opening up sort of my, my heart and Jill's heart for our church because we love the generations, we believe in the generations. We're going to unpack that tonight. But ultimately, what am I saying? I'm saying we're committed to the generations. We're committed. We're dedicated. We're, we're, we're going to set aside the purpose to the generations. And we're going to dedicate our lives in that way. So point number one, actually, I've got two points tonight. And then I've got three sub points. Summer's hit and I'm just kind of letting it all go. Just, you know, got my shirt unbuttoned. You know, I'm just relaxed tonight. Point number one. And these are kind of faith decrees, I guess, but it's what we believe as a church. Point number one, we believe in generational impact. We believe in generational impact. And what do I mean by that? I mean that every generation has an impact to make. Every generation has a part to play. Every, each and every generation can impact for the gospel. They can make their mark. They can play their part. They can make a difference in Jesus' name. We believe in generational impact. We don't believe that it's isolated to one generation. We don't believe that it's isolated to to one group of people. But ultimately, God can work through every single generation, no matter where you're at. I wonder if you knew that God can work through you, your generation. I wonder if you've just written off your generation. I wonder if you've just written off your ability to play a part. Can I just encourage you? God can work through your generation. God can work through you. He knows Um, the beginning from the end, and he loves to work through the generations. See, we as a church, we believe in you. No matter what generation you're a part of, we believe in you and we believe that you can make your mark. We believe that you have a part to play. We believe, listen to me, that you can make a difference. That's the power of generational impact is no matter where you're at, no matter what the age, no matter what the stage, that God wants you to make your mark, he wants to fulfill his purpose. He's got a part for you to play, but ultimately you can make a difference. And for us in here today, what does that mean? We can make a difference in this city. Every single one of us. This part that God has as this area that God's caused us to be. I just love it. Every single one of us can make a mark. Every one of us has a part to play. Every one of us can make a difference in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen in church? But my question tonight is do you believe it? Do you believe that you can make a mark? Do you believe that you can play a part? Do you believe that you can make a difference? Because our church believes you can. Jill and I, we believe you can. One of the greatest things that I I love about our church is how many people take ownership. How many people take ownership of seeing all of this happen on a Sunday and all the stuff that happens midweek. Jill and I, from the very beginning, we said we don't want to do this on our own. We never want to do this on our own. We have to release parts of this to people and allow them to play their part and allow them to make a difference. Our church isn't built on just a few people. It's not. It's not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but it's built on the sacrifice of many. It's built on the sacrifice of many, many people. Whether it's just putting out a chair or if it's putting up this blessed pipe and drape, But one thing we believe in is the generations. And I love how the older generation, and I hear this so often, and I've been hearing this lately from people, is that sometimes you can forget that the older generation, they also had the generation before them build them up as well. And I just love that thought that that God uses that through the generations. And I just love that each generation can make an impact. You almost get the sense in this passage that this isn't lost on Solomon. He refers to his father so many times. He refers to David so many times. It's almost like he, he gets it. He understands like this is, this is more than just me. This is more than just what I'm doing. I'm in this position right now. But man, I stand on the shoulders of some giants. And I love it if we could be the type of church, we could be the type of people that say, you know what? Yeah, I have risen to this place. I am here in this place. But it's because of what God has done in so many other generations as well. Look at what he says. He says, for I have risen. In the place of my of David, my father, and I sit on the throne. It's powerful. It's like he 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 gives kudos to David, his father. He just says, I'm part of something bigger here. I'm part of something that God is doing. I wonder if the people around Solomon when he was little, I just have this thought, and obviously we don't necessarily read about this, but if they if they saw it in him when he was little, I pray that we would be the type of church we see things in in people. No matter where they're at, we see things in people and we say, you know what, you're going to rise up. You're going to rise up. You're going you're to do great things for God. You might not see it. You might not feel it right now, but you're going to rise up and you're going to take your place and you're going to be making a difference in Jesus' name. You know, I just love that we actually need people to rise up in our church. We need people to rise up. We need you to join a connect group. We need you to get on the serve team. Don't for a moment think just because we're getting into a permanent facility that everything's just going to be cruisy because there's going to be more to do. There's going to be more that God has for us. And we're the type of church where we're inviting as many people into this and saying, hey, grab something, do something, be a part of this, but rise up and be a part of what God is doing. I'm believing for the type of church where We have people that rise up but then speak into the next generation. That speak into the next generation that's coming after them. That we would be the type of church that even though, yeah, we get the opportunity as parents to to parent our kids and look after our kids, but I'm really praying that that the, the kids that are growing up in our church, there'll be other people aside from just parents that speak life into young people. That tell them they're doing great. That tell them they can do great. Because make no mistake, the world will tell them that they're not doing that great. And that they need to be better and they need to compare. But we need people to rise up and say, you know what? You're doing awesome. It's generational impact. And it's amazing. Come on, let's build the type of church that's dedicated to the next generation. That's dedicated to the generations. And I'm not just talking about kids' ministry. I didn't say this when we did the, the, the worship, uh, dedicated to worship message. I really wish I had of. I was talking about worship, but there's a reason we don't dismiss kids um, till after worship. And the reason we don't is because we want them to grow up in that environment. We want them to, even if they don't necessarily understand what's happening in this moment, they're part of the atmosphere of worship. They feel the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit presence come into the room. They see people with their hands raised in surrender. They see things early on and the reason that we've made it like that is because we want them to get acclimated. We want them to see it. They, we want them to grow up in that environment. And for as, whenever God will make it apparent for them and give them the revelation and they get it for themselves, that's great, but we're going to do our part to raise up the next generation. And it's so much more than kids ministry. So much more. You know, I don't ever want our church to sort of be the type of church where kids ministry or youth ministry is separated from our church. I'm just being open and honest right now, but I never want to build that type of church because, because I believe that, that we miss the vibrancy and we miss the exciting part of church when we do that. That really, if you think about it, our kids ministry and our youth ministry, they should be tightly tethered. They should be close. There should be life flowing between them. They should be closely connected. They should, be, they should be connected because really it's the, it's the lifeblood of our church. It's the, it's the extension of the body. It's, it's, it's all part of the body and we can't disconnect. We can't separate. So we believe in generational impact. Number two, we believe in generational change. Remember, we're talking about being dedicated to the generations. This is part of it. A lot of people don't like to go there, but we are dedicated to generational change. We are dedicated to raising up the next generation. And I think there's part of this message that's got a prophetic edge because I'm speaking into the future. I'm speaking into the life of our church. I'm speaking into what's ahead of us as a church. But we are the type of church that's dedicated to generational change. We're dedicated to seeing young people become sons and daughters of the house and rise up to be who they're called to be. I'd love it if you could write this down, and I believe this is a truth for all of us tonight. The generations are an opportunity, not opposition. The generations, if we see it from God's perspective, it's an opportunity. It's not opposition. Could you imagine if David received news from God like that, like the next generation was opposition? Could you imagine? But we need to make sure that we understand that Younger generations, if we're honest, they can do better than the previous. They can go further than we can go. If allowed the opportunity, they can rise up. They can take their place and stand on the shoulders of the previous generation, taking the knowledge, the know-how, the wisdom and go further. In a sense, that's exactly what Solomon's generation was. It's a wisdom generation. King David pioneered. Solomon had the wisdom and he built and he built and he built. He was the wisdom generation. And he knew how to take all of that knowledge, all of that he'd witnessed, all of the wisdom that he asked God for, and he used it and he translated it into this incredible thing called God's people, the nation of Israel. He transitioned it from being a dream in one generation to being a reality in the next. Or from a yearning on the inside to a reality on the outside. We believe in generational change. God can bring about so much good from a commitment to the generations. He can do so much. Making decisions today that will set them up for the future. A church home, a permanent facility, pioneering a work that means a future floor, pioneering something now that becomes the base for the next generation. Just a couple weeks ago, I was in the new building and Man, I'm just so excited for everyone to see it. It just looks incredible. It looks beautiful. and Wow, it's just going to be so great to see everyone in there. But I was in there. We were loading some things in and my son Charlie was with me. And Well, at this stage of my life, Charlie's sort of attached to my hip. And I'm loving it because he may not always think Dad's cool. So I'm just going to roll with it for now. We're in the building and he's sort of wandering around as we're unloading some stuff, as we're installing some things. And he's got his little guitar in his hand. He's got his little guitar in his hand and he sort of walks down towards the stage and just plonks himself down on one of the seats. It just was the coolest moment. I just was watching it all take place. And God spoke to me. He said, this is going to be his normal. This is going to be his normal. This is what he's going to be used to. And I believe that is being committed to the generations. Understanding that what we do today the choices that we make today ultimately are not the, uh, the impact for us. It's the impact for them. And I love it. This will be their normal. And it'll take a generation to accomplish. But ultimately, we'll become a platform one day for the next generation. I think that's pretty amazing to behold. I honestly can't get my head around it. Not going to try. We're just going to keep pioneering. But I believe God can work through the generations. And He will. Psalm 45. I think I said Psalm 46, but Psalm 45, verse 15 says, With gladness and rejoicing, they shall be brought, they shall enter the king's palace. Look at it in verse 16. Instead of your fathers shall be your sons, whom you shall make princes in all of the earth. I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, the people shall praise you forever and ever. I love it. Let me read it to you again. Instead of your fathers shall be your sons, whom you shall make princes of all the earth. That's generational change. That's believing God for generational change. That's believing God that, that, yeah, we may not necessarily know what's coming in the future, but if we can trust God with the generations, He will bring about something incredible. So here are my sub points. So how do we do it? My sub points tonight is this. Number one, we look behind. We look behind. We let the older generations build us up. But at the same time, we say thank you. You know, I do this thing right now where if I ever meet a pastor, and I think it's because I'm in such a unique situation as a lead pastor of our church. I just actually met a pastor the other day in our city who I'd never never had contact with before. You know, such a nice guy. And he was sort of towards the end of his career. And man, I just made a beeline to it. And I just said, you know what, man, I just want to say thank you. From one generation to another, I just want to say thank you. Because in my life, I want to look behind and understand there are people that went before. There were people that have pioneered. There are people that have set up a foundation that I now walk on that I may not even know about. But I took a moment and I said, I stopped and I was intentional. I said, man, I've just got to say thank you. I don't even know if that means anything to you, but it means something to me. Thank you. See, when it comes to generations, we need to look behind. We need to to give honour where honour is due. We need to thank the people that have given us a start. We need to thank the people that have set us up for a win. We give thanks. We say thanks for the commitment to follow the call of God in your life, in your generation. We say thanks for the willingness to stay the course. Thanks for the passion to pioneer, to see souls won through the kingdom. Lives changed. So we look behind. But number two, we look ahead. We look to the future. The future starts now. The future starts now. Decisions today mean everything for tomorrow. Decisions and choices we make today. Do you know the choices you make today can have an impact on your children's children? And I believe that to be true. A wise man, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, his grandchildren, the next generation and the generation after that. But you know the choices you make today affect that actual thing? I remember I was, I was riding in the car and we were talking about that scripture, Jill and I. And I was like, yeah, it's important to leave some, some inheritance for children's children. It's in God's Word. And she said, what about spiritual inheritance? And it just struck me. I was like, that's so, so true. That is so true that we can actually leave a, a heritage, a legacy, a spiritual legacy and, and, a, and a heritage for, the, for our children's children, our grandchildren. And I just love that the choices we make today can have an impact on their tomorrow. You know, our choices and the choices that we make today, we might see them as small. But when you look at it through that lens, they're actually really big choices. Getting up, going to church on a Sunday. Staying committed to the calling in your life. Maybe the relationships that might be just kind of easy to back out of right now. But a choice to stay committed today might actually be the choice not for you but it's really a choice for two generations ahead to leave an inheritance to your children's children. I love it if you could write this down. My choices do affect tomorrow. It just might not be my tomorrow. My choices do affect tomorrow, but it just might not be to my tomorrow. It might just be not my realisation. I might not see it with my own eyes, but I've got to understand reading God's Word and through the power of the Holy Spirit, that the choices that I make today affect the people in the future that come after me. You know, I'm a first generation Christian in my home. I married Jill and she has an amazing heritage and a legacy of faith. And I could quite easily say, well, you know, God, why don't I get that? Why don't I get the, you know, the memory verses as a child? You know, why don't I get the, The generations of people that pioneered before me and have set up this amazing legacy, and I'm grateful because I've married into that. But you know what I do get? I get to be the first. I get to be the one that starts the whole thing. Be a first. But no, the choices that I make today actually affect the future. I'm personally unbelieving big for generations and generations and generations of preachers. They don't get a choice. They're just going to have to do it. I'm kidding. But my choices today affect someone else's tomorrow. And I want to live with that kind of frame and understand that that shapes my children's children. So what do we do? We we look ahead. And finally, we look around. We look around. We dedicate this current generation to the Lord and live dedicated to Him now. We look around now. We see what God has given us now. See, it'd be quite easy to talk about the generations and say, oh, this is all this great stuff that's coming. But can I just encourage you? You'll be waiting a long time. God has given you something now. He's given us something now. And we need to build on that thing. Look around at what we have now. Look at the very thing that God's given us now and believe in faith and ask God to bring more people who will carry the heart of the vision of our church. And as we stay dedicated and we look, keep looking around, I love that in our church's history, man, we've, we've made some adjustments. And what I mean by that is we started off on a Tuesday night downtown. And when I say downtown, I mean like downtown, like no shot at getting a parking uh, spot <laughs> type downtown. Tuesday I mean, what were we thinking? But we began to look around. We made adjustments. We realized, man, we got like day one. Can you believe day one one in our church? The first time we did Colonial Kids, we had like 45 kids. Like that, that'll freak anyone out. And at last count, I think we've got something like 250 plus kids registered in our church. But we made adjustments along the way. We went to different venues. We tried different things and can I just say the message never changes, but sometimes the methods do. Sometimes you make adjustments. Sometimes we have to understand and look around at what God is doing and say, oh, I'm going to make some adjustments here. We're going to make sure we, we are you know, scratching where people are itching, making sure we're relevant. And, and Jesus is always relevant. It's not what I'm saying. But we're looking around. And when it comes to the generations, we're committed to looking around, looking at what God is doing in this generation, what's happening right now what's happening in our world right now and being the type of people that are committed to the generations that are ahead, but also understanding we've got to serve and we've got to minister to the generation now. So we look around. And I'm excited as we look around, as we look to the future, as we give God so much praise and thanks for everything He's doing. Just the other day, Jill and I were talking and I'm believing in faith that shortly after we move into the new building, get... The morning service is going, 9 and 11, 9 and 11, 9 and 11. But pretty quickly, we're going to start a permanent Sunday night service. Sunday night service geared towards young people, geared towards people that, you know, maybe are trying, trying to check out faith, try to understand what it is, maybe have questions. And we're just, it was so exciting just with Jill just the other day talking about the potential and the way we'll, we'll really... It won't be like Sunday morning. It'll be specific for Sunday night, different message, different way we do things, extended. It's just awesome. But we'll look around. We'll look around and we'll believe together for God to use the generations. So I guess if I can add one more point in there as we close is this. So we look behind, we look ahead, we look around, but ultimately what do we need to do? We need to look up. Look up towards Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Put our trust, our hope, our dedication in Him. Believe for, for, for Jesus to be the answer for many people. You know what I'm believing for? That people will encounter Jesus at our church. Not a brand. Not like sort of a way of doing things that appeals to people, even though some of that is important, but ultimately they meet with Jesus. They, they come full confronted with the beauty and the amazement of a relationship with Jesus. They look up. And we're the type of church that help people look up, help people say, hey, I know it's crazy right now. I know you're going through it right now. I know the season is hard right now, but just look up. Or maybe it'll be someone that's on the mountaintop and we'll be able to say, hey man, I know you're blessed right now. I know that like things are working out so well right now, but just can I just encourage you, just keep looking up. Keep looking up. Keep giving God the glory. Keep putting Jesus in the middle of it all. And ultimately, we're going to see God do so much as we get ready and dedicate the generations to Him. So what did Solomon say? He said this, For I have risen in the place of David, my father, and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. And I have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. promised to the previous generation now, was a reality for the next generation. It was now a beautiful, amazing reality. That was promised to a previous generation, for this generation was now realized. I would just love Wicked tonight as we finish. I want to pray for the generations. I'd love it if you could stand right now. We're going we're gonna to pray. But I want to pray for the generations. I want to believe for, for God to do incredible things in the generations. I want older generations to to see even greater things than they ever have i want to see young people in our church the young generation i want to believe in faith that people are going to encounter you in our church and that you're going to be the type of person like solomon he says so i rose and i sat in the place You know, every single one of us needs to rise and sit in the very place that God wants us to be so we can be exactly what He needs us to be for the next generation, to speak life into them. I'm believing for people in here right now, God's going to give you a word for the younger generation. God's going to give you a word for a different generation. And you're going to be the type of believer that's open, that's willing, that's listening that will deliver that word and build that person up and see that person uh, step into all that they have ahead for them. Who's with me on that? Who's excited about that? God's a God of the generations. Well, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you right now. Father, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Father, you're the God of King David. You're the God of King Solomon. You're the God of the generations, Lord. And so Father, we just thank you right now that you work through the generations, Lord. Father, that you know the generations, Lord. You know every single person's name. You know where people are at. And God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would work through the generations of Colonial Church. Lord, the older generations that are a part of our church, Father, I just pray that you would, you would speak life into them, Lord, that you would give them, even in, in the age that they're at, Lord, you'd give them visions, you'd give them dreams, you'd give them um, an understanding, deeper revelation of who you are. God, that they would they would get a, a word from You, Lord, that they'd be able to, to speak life into the younger generation, Lord. We pray for that. We believe for it, God. Father, we pray for, for the younger generation in our church, God. Father, we pray for even the kids right now and colonial kids, Lord, the younger generation, the generations that are coming, Lord, they're going to rise up and take their place in the house, God. Father, we believe. We're believing right now, Lord, for sons and daughters of the house. Father, that You would give us sons and You would give us daughters, Lord, that they would rise up. Father, and they'd be all that they're called to be. They would understand who they are. They would understand, Father, that, that they're called, Lord, that You have a plan, that You have a purpose for them, God, that they would, they would know that they don't need to go the world's way, Lord. They can go Your way, Father. They can stand on Your Word, Lord, that they can live a life putting Jesus first and know it's the very best for them. Father, I just pray for that, Lord. I just ask the Holy Spirit would, would uh, fulfil that in our, in our house, Lord. And Father, we just thank You, Lord, for the generations that are coming after us, God. Father, even the generations that haven't yet come, Lord, that are are still coming, God, I just pray right now, Lord, send people, Lord, send the generations to us, Lord. Father, help us to be good stewards of the generation, Lord, to raise them up, Lord. Father, to be able to, to push them forward, Lord, to understand that our lives become the floor for them, Lord, that our lives, the ceiling of our lives becomes their floor, God, that they stand on our shoulders, Lord, and they move into what they have, God. And Father, I just thank You for the young people, Lord, Father, I thank You for the young people, even young people right now, Lord, that are away from You, God. I just pray them back to You right now, Jesus. Father, we just thank You. They're going to come back into the house, Lord. They're going to come back into Your love, Lord. Like the prodigal son, they're going to be swept up in Your arms, Lord. They're going to be loved on. They're going to be lavished in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. And we all said together, Amen. Come on, I feel like worshipping for a little bit. Come on, let's worship, church. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.